And we're back! Welcome to the Prodigals Podcast, where we discuss all kinds of topics relating to faith and culture. We discuss topics not normally preached on the pulpit or talked about during Bible studies. That is why we are here for you. It is our hope and our goal that through these discussions, people will be inspired to talk about issues that Christians go through in their daily walk with God. So without further ado, let's get to our discussion. Hey everyone, welcome to the Prodigal's Pizza Party. So uh, if you can see, we got lots of pizza. Um, so here's a sitch. Here's a situation. Um, so me being forgetful and unreliable and irresponsible, uh, I've forgotten to on, announce even to my fellow prodigals oh, that oh. <laughs> we were we are going on a break oh, um this, Chris, this uh this is this december christmas season peak season is upon us at ups uh, maybe if you want us to not take a break don't order too much well next year wow you know there you go but uh not all of us work at ups though bro <laughs> so <laughs> So it's going to be a really hard time uh, just scheduling everything with my schedule. So we're going to go ahead and take a break until next year. So we got two episodes left, including this one. And so this is one of two. Yes. One of the two episodes. One of the two episodes. Uh, This episode will be studying... The story of Moses and the rock while they were in the wilderness. Uh, it's really a really strange story. So we just want to end our podcast uh, with some waterworks. So <laughs> we, decided, we decided to uh, uh, to do this topic. Um, but just hold on because this might this conversation might get rocky. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> But please don't desert us. <laughs> Just bear with us. <laughs> we go throughout this wilderness discussion. So without further ado, this is our strangest stories of the scriptures. Strangest stories in scripture. That was just too good. All right, so Pastor Allen will Wait, do what? our scripture reading for oh this morning. Wait, where are we? Okay, Numbers 20, starting from verse 1. Then the sons of Israel, the whole congregation, came to the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and the people stayed at Kadesh. Now Miriam died there and was buried there. There was no water for the congregation, and they assembled themselves against Moses and Aaron. The people thus contended with Moses and spoke, saying, If only we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. Why, why then have you brought the Lord's assembly into this wilderness for us and our beasts to die here? Why have you, co- why have you made us come up from Egypt to bring us in to this wretched place? Is it not a place of grain or figs or vines or 
Oh, it is not a place of grains or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron came in from the presence of the assembly to the doorway of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to them, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, and you and your brother Aaron assemble the congregation and speak to the rock before their eyes, that it may yield its water. You shall thus bring forth water for them out of the rock, and let the congregation and their beasts drink. Verse 9. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord, just as he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock. And he said to them, Listen now, you rebels. <laughs> Shall we bring forth water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lift up his, lifted up his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came forth abundantly, and the congregation and their beasts drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you have not believed me to treat me as holy in the sight of the sons of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Those were the waters of Meribah, because the sons of Israel contended with the Lord, and he proved himself holy among them. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Mm. Okay, so what stood out to you guys? I think what stood out to me is just... um. Just Moses's language, in terms of okay. Here's the meekest Listen, man on earth, you right? Rebels. Here's like the meekest man on earth comes with a lot of patience in dealing with the Israelites, and then we just see you here. Like I think he's he just has had enough. Um, I think it was also dealing maybe because he was also dealing with Miriam's death, and couple that with you know uh, the Israelites, you know. Hardiness and um, stubbornness, and yeah, it just seems like he just had enough. I love this outburst, it's so hilarious. I just feel so out of character for me to Mo- in Moses. I mean, I love it, yeah, it's so fiery. <laughs> and we, yeah, and maybe for us, it's just like because Moses is you know a certain way with, with Israel, and you know, when they complain and the lord says you know what i'm just gonna wipe them all out and start over with you moses and moses has to go before the lord and plead don't do it dear lord i mean don't do it what will Mm. the other nations say yada 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 so he pleads for the nation of israel and then you know we get we get to to this story and he he says and he he loses it kind of basically right and so yeah, I, I think everybody has that breaking point. Moses isn't an, uh, isn't an exception, right? And so, you know, God calls us to be long-suffering, mm. but it doesn't mean that we continue taking on the abuse forever, mm. right? The, um, the constant murmuring and complaining. I mean, even, <laughs> even I love my kids, but man, uh, one of them just constantly, constant. <laughs> there's a constant sort of like beating on you. Like, there's a lot of like, for lack of a better word, fighting for what they want and how they want it. Mm. And at some point you just kind of like, you know what? Uh, you know, your emotions take over and you just get upset. And I just, this has to be that kind of thing with Moses because, 
not cool. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you know, it's justifiable because of the way is the Israelites were right. Um, it's just one day they start complaining. What? <laughs> so they saw the ten flags of Egypt, right? They yeah. saw the mighty works of God and mm-hmm. God delivering them from slavery and Pharaoh and the Egyptians and. The first thing, like, so they got out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, all the firstborn sons of the Egyptians died, um, and then they were, finally Pharaoh was like, "Okay, I'll let you go." And then, so they get to wherever they were, and then they saw the Egyptians chasing after them, right? Yeah. And then, what did they do? They complained. <laughs> it's like, Why have you brought us out of Egypt? <laughs> Like, weren't you just, you know, crying because of the heavy burden that the Egyptians put on you or put on your shoulders? And then the first sign of tribulation that you experience in the desert, you're like, oh, we want to go back there. We want to go back to that place and we're we're safe. We could eat stuff. We have Mm -hmm. plenty of food, even though we're not free. You know, we're in slavery. It's comfortable. Was it? I mean, I I guess that's all they knew. Yeah, that's all they knew. Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah, so like the first, just my point is like Israel has kept complaining every turn, every small thing that happened, right? Mm. They complained. And I think for the most part, they kept bringing it back to Egypt. Right. Every small thing that happens, they go to Moses like, Moses, why did you bring us out? There's no water. There's no food. God brings them manna. It's like, oh, it, we have no, we have nothing for Saturday. <laughs> 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 the Sabbath. Like, why did you bring us out? And then, yeah. And then, you know, the giants come. You know, uh, I mean, the 12 spies, right, went into Canaan and mm-hmm. they the, the report of the 10 or like, we can't, you know, we can't, we, we just can't fight them because of just their humongousness. And then they were like, what did you bring us here <laughs> <laughs> to die? This is like, you brought us out of Egypt so that we could die in the hands of the giants. Yeah, it's just, it's understandable that Moses really had enough. And I, and I want to be understanding to the children of Israel, right? But I, I, I mean, none of us has been through, like, the ten plagues and the, and the parting of a sea. Sure. So it, it's hard for me not to kind of rag on them because they're, they complain a lot. And I guess on the other hand as well, you know, because it seems that there's a lack of faith, a lack of trust, mm-hmm. despite having seen all these wonders and miracles sure. that God has has done for them. Mm-hmm. And yet, I can't, I can't dis. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like separate the the notion that they're in slavery for four hundred years, crying out to God, and all that time. You know, they're waiting for God to come. Mm-hmm. And it takes 400 years, so I would think that there might have been a little bit of trepidation mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, because 
I, I don't know how the Ten Plagues <laughs> and the parting of the Red Sea kind of just, you know, nullifies, should nullify those 400 years of like, oh, now he's here. Now he's he's shown up. Um, and I think it's it's also worth noting for this particular story, uh, at least for me, when it started out, the I I used to get com I used to get confused with this story and the one in Exodus. Yeah, there's two, right? <laughs> yeah, there's two, and they're really mm-hmm. similar. Yeah, right? they're really similar, and so uh, for a while I got confused with the two. Like I started to jumble the facts together mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. one of it is just is God saying okay strike um, strike, strike the rock got it here he says uh, just talk speak to, to it, it right? speak, speak to, to it rock. right so uh, so I used to put them together and like oh strike the rock and then when my, Moses strikes the rock he's like nope you don't get to go into the promised land sorry and so what happened what is that and so uh, it's important for us to Dissociate? That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, to separate those two, those two stories, because they are different. For one, Miriam is with them in the Exodus story. They go to Sinai. She's still there with him. All right. And so when we get to this one, which is in Numbers, Miriam dies. Right. We read that at the at the top. Mm -hmm. So right off the bat, it's a different story in a different context. You kind of get confused because it's. They're in the wilderness of Zin or Sin, right? Sinful. Sin. Sinful. And, and they're so... You think that it just might have been a typo? Their pronoun. Right, but apparently it's two different places. So let's get into Moses. You said that, you know, in the two different stories, right? The previous story that was similar to this is that God told him to strike the rock. Mm-hmm. And then here... God told him to speak. Um, what was so? What do you guys think is was so bad or heinous about you know doing this? And why do you think God allowed the water to come, even though it wasn't the perfect obedience that came for Moses? You know I me. Mean? Yeah, I'm looking at you. <laughs> why do I think? Okay, so. So many questions. There is <laughs> so many questions. Okay, so I think for this particular thing, why God allowed the water to come is because there are two, there are two groups that God is dealing with, right? Or two sort of like portions. There is the children of Israelite of Israel, and they want water. Sure. There's a symbolism with water coming out of the rock. Uh and so God gives this to them because that's what he said he was going to do. Mm-hmm. So from the outset, God's promises come come, come through. Um, I was going to say something else. Um, so there's that, that portion. Right? Oh, yeah. And the other thing is, um, should God withhold that and, and not let the water come out? The children of Israel still has to follow Moses, right? And at the very least, uh, when we get to the end of Deuteronomy, he picks his his successor, and they need to follow him. Joshua. If his if his 
you know, if they start and, and yes, okay. Throughout, you know, the, the, the Pentateuch, they're all kind of call, calling him to question in various points. Mm. But if this didn't come through, that might have been sort of like one of the, those things that, that totally gets their, their trusted Moses off the track. Mm. And so there's, and so from the children of Israel's standpoint, God says, okay, yeah, here, have the water, enjoy, like whatever, get off my back, right? Drink. And then he has to deal with Moses and Aaron. All right, is a, is a separate topic. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think it came through, right? Because what, what God promised would happen, what he would provide for the children of Israel is one thing, and then has to deal with the lack of faith. I don't want to say disobedience. Um, why not? Because God didn't tell him not to strike the rock. <laughs> he did speak to, well, actually, did he even he did speak? No. He did not. He just, he just spoke he was, to the thing. He was mad, and then he, he hit the rock. Yes. Here's what, like, reading this, I think, because he hit the rock twice, right? So I think he hit it once. And that was supposed to be it? And then he's like, where are you? <laughs> 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 Maybe that was God's. I guess because the question that we can go, you know, ask later on, like we'll we'll deal with that later on. Was that is that did was God too harsh to from to Moses, or like why didn't God give Moses another chance? I think maybe the the first strike was God giving him that chance. It's like maybe there was I don't know because there was maybe there was a gap between the two. St- um, the two, two hits, strikes. yeah, Got the two it. strikes, and then, and then, so like the first strike, like maybe God was like, "Why? Why do this? Why do this? Like, why? I told you this week, speak." And then Moses is just like, "No, why aren't you? Why aren't <laughs> you going water? out?" Uh, the second strike comes, and then, yeah, and then like finally, God was just like, "Maybe okay, here, be so stubborn." But here we learned that two strikes, you're out. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you, no, uh, yeah. So, like, maybe that's Moses. Yeah, because Moses didn't speak at all. He just struck the the rock twice. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Billy? About what? <laughs> <laughs> About any of it. About any of it? Why did he just stuck to the rock? Why did he? But I understand, like, he reaches his breaking point, I feel. with Yeah, we were talking about it before with the Israelites. Especially, I, I guess especially when you're talking about how much, I guess he did care for the Israelites and he wants the best for them as well. And then he got, I guess, like, being so invested in in the good, the, the good of their lives. And then he's getting treated like, you know, like crap. Hmm. <laughs> And also, like, they're treating, like, godlike crap, I would like to say, too. In essence, and maybe he's just, like, could it be, like, a righteous anger and justice over them, in a sense? But still, that ain't right. For Moses to strike the rock. Yeah. Uh, He's supposed to talk to the rock, but he doesn't. I think that's... (laughs) that has to factor in because everything else is pretty much the way it should have played out. 
He didn't speak to the rock, but instead he struck it. Those that's the deviation mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. At least from the outset. He created another multiverse. He created another wall, yes. Only <laughs> um and I don't know if we can separate the idea that okay, well, I mean because I think the biggest issue here is like when God says, Okay, so you did this and your punishment is you can't see and you can't see the promised land. So everything that you yeah. worked up for, right? Yeah. All the all the stuff that you did, all the the great sort of, sort of feats of faith that were that are associated because he's there, mm-hmm. leading a, a stiff-necked people, the Bible calls them. Um, all of that is nullified by one thing. Mm-hmm. I can't. You can't separate that from the story. Right, it's it's the it's the one thing that that just makes you pause and say, why? And we get we we kind of see what what Moses says to the children of Israel when they get to the promised land, or at least to the border, and he has to pass and he has to like send them on through. He repeats everything. He, he gives a synopsis or a recap of everything that they've gone through, which is what Deuteronomy is. And he tells them, um, he tells them in the first chapter, it came about in the 14th year, 40th year, um, that, whoa, sorry, that they spoke? Wait, give me a second. Um, Oh, no, sorry, Deuteronomy 32. Because you broke faith with me in the midst of the sons of Israel at the waters of Meribah, Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin. Um, God's comment is that Moses did not believe him or believe in. Mm. And in such a way, God was not made holy to the Israelites. Even though at the end of the thing, he said, yeah, this is where I'm causing to be holy to the Israelites. Which is interesting because they were in what? Kadesh? Kadesh. It doesn't Kadesh mean holy or uh, righteous? Something like that. Damn. My my Hebrew's a little rusty. I think I think Kadesh means holy. Um mitzvah would be righteous, mm. I think. Cause so it's like son of righteousness, bar mitzvah. That's what it means. Um yeah, that's just interesting to see that they were in Kadesh holy and then the issue, the central issue is God's holiness mm. and the fact that, you know, God was so harsh with, not so harsh, but uh, God's dealing with Moses was so because his holiness was challenged. Mm. Yeah. I think, I think for God, I, I think the, the, the one thing here is that this was supposed to be a, a teaching teaching moment for the children of Israel, a reference point for them to see, you know, the wonders of God yet again. Mm -hmm. Um, And Moses took that away from him because he made it. I mean, yes, he, he, he kind of like addresses the children of Israel, but he kind of makes it, if we read between the lines and we understand the sort of the emotional outbursts, he makes it about him. Mm -hmm. And in that in that way, he might have 
I would, I, I imagine that he took away the glory of what was supposed to be the glory of God providing mm. for, you know, some yeah, kind of positive water. aspect of it. And he uses that, that moment to chastise the children of Israel mm. when it wasn't the way that God had wanted it to be. Mm. And he made it about him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There was some sort of self-righteousness that was going on there. That's what it seems to me. I mean, we mm. can't say because it doesn't say specifically, sure. but the interpretation that I get from it mm-hmm. is that was it. Mm-hmm. And you that I think, yeah. And the issue that God had with Moses and not believing him was that I think I can see it in a way where, you know, God told him to speak. Right. But then he leaned on, the other story, like the other experience and thinking like he can do it his own way. Right. And he can, you can, he can lean on the past where God told him to strike it. Whereas this one is a completely new command. So it is, but then you, you know, you kind of wonder, well, why did he, Yeah, it's not like Moses did something that was out of, I mean, that he didn't do before God asked him to do it. Like the, the other time, and so why, why, uh, why such a harsh punishment this time around? Like, you know, I, I can understand, you know, on the outside, like at first sort of reaction. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, that, that for, I, I just don't, I, I can understand um, that man i'm struggling with it because you would think that it shouldn't be that bad right it's it's something that he did before right Mm -hmm. yeah he didn't follow it to the letter and okay yes punish him because he took away you know a chance to like whatever but does that really mean that you know you got to take away his entrance to the promised land because he didn't follow through And on the outset, that's that's sort of like my reaction. Until you look further and you think further into what it would have meant. <laughs> Number one, well, you know, the children of Israel didn't really stop complaining once they entered the promised land. And it <laughs> might have yeah, and it might have been a mercy for Moses instead, because you got fresher legs to sort of take on you know, the leadership role, right, with <laughs> Joshua. He was younger, stronger uh, at this point because, you know, when they get to the promised land, Moses is 120 years old. Mm, yeah. Maybe they needed a more, you know, military leader. Maybe, maybe yeah. In uh, Joshua. So somebody to carry, you know, carry the burden into that because at 120, you know, you think he would have retired by now. <laughs> it would have been just an advisor. It would just be an advisor. Uh, so it might have been um, uh, a blessing for him to not be the one that has to be with them into the promised land. Was um, promises promised land nice? Yeah, it's the promised land. But remember, when they got in there, it's not like it's not like a house that you move in where everything's ready for you and it's perfect. Mm. You still had to kick out the inhabitants in there 
And the story doesn't stop there. They lived happily ever after, after as soon as they crossed the Jordan. There's a whole lot of more stories that, that came through. Uh, a lot more stress that comes through. And so it's <laughs> not like getting into the promised land while it is the promised land that it wouldn't ha- that it happened right away. So that's the first thing. Yeah. Second thing, it didn't happen. I mean, you know, Moses had a pretty good deal. Um, now, uh, <laughs> we're, not, good deal. we're not exactly sure what everybody's theology is of those that are listening to this podcast. Uh, if you are like us, uh, from what we were brought up to believe in the in, in our interpretations of the of the scripture, um, is that Moses found Moses is one of a few people that finds themselves in heaven before everybody else. Yeah. Him, Elijah, Enoch, Enoch are the three people that we know for sure that is there. Yeah, because Moses appeared with Jesus, with Elijah, in the Mount of Transfiguration. That's correct. So, yeah. And Enoch is the one where, where, you know, Genesis tells us that God just took him. So regardless of what your theology is, we know specifically that those three are in heaven. So Moses is one of them. So it's not like he got the rawest of deals, right? Mm. He's he's in a he's in a pretty good place. True. Okay. Hot theory, <laughs> and there's nothing. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. And I don't know. I I haven't read about history or like because there's so many. Okay, this is tangenting, right? There's so many. <laughs> there's so many theories. There's so many. Uh, accounts right or tradition that deals with Paul's death some say he got beheaded by Nero some say he went to Spain and died there there's like other stuff I don't know I haven't read anything but if if nothing happened to Paul or something I think just judging by the life that he lived I'm pretty sure he is one of God's favorites that he will. If there was anyone else, it would be Paul, I think. Oh, that, 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 yeah, that God, is attention, yeah, but yeah, that, that didn't be, die. And, or like when he died, he, he would be brought to heaven right away. You would Interesting. think. You would think. The other person you might think would be there is David, who is called after God's own heart, you know, a man after God's own heart. Mm. But also, but wasn't there like after Jesus' death, like people from the tombs, uh, some people I rose. I don't know about okay. that, man. So certain people rose proclaiming that God or like Jesus or, you know, salvation is here. And then they just vanished. Anyways. Let's not get into that. <laughs> tangent. Uh, but yeah, Moses is one of the people that we know is up there right yeah. now in heaven. And yeah, and I I was saying like was God God too harsh? Maybe in terms of an object lesson, or not an object lesson, but like a a teaching moment. But I don't think it's too harsh because that's 
what his wisdom calls for. And I think it just set, it just speaks into the holiness of God's work mm-hmm. for people. If he calls you to something that requires obedience and, you know, before this podcast, we were joking, joking around about God, trying to go after Moses because he didn't <laughs> circumcise his son. Uh, and that's just, you know, and that again speaks to what God requires of us as his workers and has like, as his called people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we can say in this day and age's language, it's like Moses kind of, uh, what's it called? disqualified himself <laughs> from leadership uh as you know as people would put put it these days but <laughs> i think yeah i think at that moment it's just you know you know god couldn't let that happen without any repercussion because mm. his holiness was challenged sure. um i think maybe who i think gets the shorter end of the stick is aaron, aaron. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes along with the thing. Like, I don't know uh, what happened in the background. I don't know what he did or what he could have done more, but he was just there. <laughs> and then apparently God did God also held him accountable. But also he he's he's also the high priest. And he also had like a real tangible authority over the children of Israel. Mm, and um Maybe God held him, not maybe, but God totally held him in a higher regard than the rest of the Israelites. So, sure, yeah. sure, but you know, Aaron, Aaron's got a, Aaron's got a couple of his those skeletons in his closet, <laughs> like the golden calf, right? <laughs> challenging Mo- with Miriam, challenging Moses's authority, right? So, and he was unscathed. During that moment, it was Miriam who got the brunt of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So maybe God just like, okay, this is gonna build up until like at this point, it's like no, no, this is what it's gonna be like. So, but at least his his staff is in is in the dark of the covenant. So mm, yeah, at least there's that. Which is also a side note because in many portrayals of the biblical story, it was always Moses holding the staff. Mm-hmm. Right, that did the wonders, yeah. but it was actually Aaron doing all those miracles in behalf of Moses. Right. Um, so just a tidbit. Fun right, and 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 we also have to remember that if in the ancient Near East and during you know those times that the greatest thing that you work towards as an individual is your legacy passing on. Hey, you know your legacy is that your descendants are the priests of the nation mm. and it it's only from your only from your seed where that's going to happen that's not a bad deal either from that regard yeah so we could say that although it was very human for Moses to react that way uh, oh maybe this is another lesson as god didn't hold him accountable to what he was feeling and how he reacted, he, he God held him accountable for the action he used, he chose to take regarding his emotions and his feelings. I think it was completely human and it was completely allowable uh, for and 
completely relatable that Moses would feel anger and would feel frustration. But what is completely unnecessary and what he completely did was for him to um, take that frustration and make it visible towards the people and and to the fact and make it extend that towards, I guess, taking it out on God because, you know, God was God's holiness was put on the line mm-hmm. in terms of like how he appeared in front of the Israelites. So, yeah, he could have, you know, he was reactionary and, and he let his frustrations boil to the point of unholiness, I guess. Yeah, and you know how we how I said earlier that it, that Moses might have made it about him, um, and we just have to remember where is it verse ten, where he talks to them and says, "Hey, listen now, you rebels, shall we bring forth water for you out mm-hmm. of this rock?" Um, and I don't think he means like me and God, right? Because Aaron is beside him. Yeah. I think. That he might have been talking about that, and I think it's quite possible that Moses is saying, "I have the power to do that." Me, mm-hmm. even though okay, even though with the Ten Commandments, I mean Ten Commandments, the the Ten Plagues, yes, it's God. But the one the verse that comes back to me in this regard is where Jesus tells his disciples, "Hey, everything that you've seen me do, you guys get to do with that even more." And so the power, at least from that from that sentence, what Jesus is talking about, it's like he's giving you, he's giving them the power to do these miracles. Uh, and if it's that's the case, it might have been the same thing with Moses. It's just that and. And remember in our previous podcast, we talked about, it was our podcast, uh, that we talked about, you know, giving the desires of your heart. But the idea is because your will is so in tune with God's will, it happens that way. Yeah. That God says, okay, here's the power. You're going to do whatever it is you're going to desire and do because we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. So I trust you to do that. Mm-hmm. And it might have been here that he deviated from that in a bit and said, I am going to. Mm. I'm going to, and if it is the 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 harsh thing of the harsh reality of it is that he might have in 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 a certain way maybe even just a small portion taken in his mind the place of God, yeah, to provide for the children of Israel. And when God says, "Hey, you're not going to have you're not supposed to have any other gods before me." Should he have, should this be, and I won't, and I should say you should take this all with a grain, not with a grain of salt, but like, you know, don't take it as gospel. <laughs> but yeah, like if he, if it is what it is, you know, and Moses took upon himself this sort of the unintentionally the mantle of God mm. to be the God to the Israelites that uh, I can see why God was yeah. like, Oh yeah, That's a big you thing. can't do that. You can't, you can't be the one that leads them into, into the promised land. Cause it's too much of a temptation for you. Too many big things have been done through you, through Aaron 
mm-hmm. uh, that you can't do it because if you do, hey, uh, you might be tempted. You might do something and when you get into Jericho or whatever. You do something really crazy and it starts, you go Saul and you make it about you. Mm. So tough to mm. say. We're going to have to ask God one week, get to heaven. And you stuff. know, uh, listening to Moses say that, like questioning, questioning, it kind of gives me the, you know, the energy of um, the Spaniard from Gladiator. Uh, Russell Crowe is like, "Are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we bring? <laughs> must we bring you water from out of this well, rock? Yeah, yeah, feel that. So there, yeah." But God's mercy still gets, you know, the end, you know, gets the end say because, you know, he brought Moses to heaven. And, um, yeah, Moses is there now. <laughs> so, as you were saying, maybe it was just more of a headache if Moses was yeah, alive. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it was, it's more of a headache for him to, like, bring bring them still into the promised land. At least, you know, um, Joshua was younger, and he could, you know, be the relay guy mm. to take the baton and finish it. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, in the end, you know, um, in verse 13... God still makes himself holy amongst the children of Israel. So regardless of what happens, he's still going to, it's still going to happen the way that he needs it to happen. Mm. Um, True. But for Moses at that point, eh, eh. It was, uh, yeah, he showed humanity. (laughs) Yeah, that's the, that's the human condition that came through. But like we said, yeah, um, don't feel too bad for Moses. He's up there. Maybe yeah. feel bad for Aaron. Maybe feel bad for Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, like the whole, you know, the whole golden calf mm-hmm. and his lineage yeah. being the priest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Nice consolation prize. Yeah. <laughs> and the grace there, too, is that. At least the next thing. Okay, so, like, we believe, like, I don't know about, like, you know, everyone out there, but I still believe that, you know, when Mo- when Aaron dies, like, the next thing he's going to see is Jesus coming. Yeah. Mm. God coming, so. So, yeah, yeah, even at that, even at that worst, if that's the, if that is the, if that is the case, mm. where it's the soul sleep aspect of it, at worst, closes his eyes, the next thing he sees is Jesus. And, you know, like Aaron died naturally, like in his old age, right? From what I can remember. He didn't, he didn't experience this, you know, this disease or he didn't get mauled by a bear or get, you know, swallowed by the earth how alive. Like, no, Aaron died in a peaceful slumber. So, yeah. I guess that brings us to the end of our discussion. And, um... Just as you've grown accustomed to us. As always. As always, when we bring you these strangest stories of the scriptures, we just have to put faces <laughs> on them. So we're going to go into our movie casting mode um, and see how like we 
envision this story coming alive uh, who would we cast um, within like this story like who wants to go first <laughs> I don't have <laughs> I guess I'll go first okay go I don't know if it was subconsciously talking about rocks and everything like that because for my Moses I casted Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't know if it's a subconscious decision, but uh, I feel like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, as a very fiery, angry man at the Children of Israel, will be a great fit for. Uh, wow. For a movie. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> for Aaron, I chose. I chose Keegan Michael Key. <laughs> <laughs> so this is still comedy. Still comedy. <laughs> we need a funny, uh, consistent. This is Billy being. This consistent. is my mo. This is yes. my mo of making uh, a strange stories. Yes, yeah, so you take on the comedy. Um, this is the comedy version. Comedy version. <laughs> the comedy version. Yes. I chose. I I even chose like some complaining Israelites. Yep. 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 Um. One of them was uh, definitely Kevin Hart because yeah, Kevin Hart will just be a really loud mouth and just be complaining. Like, there you go. Why do this? Why do you have to take us out? Hey, hey, hey! hey. What's going on? Come on, and, man! Um, do you guys know Billy Eichner? Yes, um, he um, play, He's in um, Parks and Rec. He's my favorite character in oh Parks my. and Rec. The the guy with the lazy eye, and he would. I think his name's. I don't know. I forgot his name. Craig or something. But he's always shouting. Okay. Is that him? He played Timon? This guy. Oh, yeah. He yeah, played yeah, Timon. He played Timon. He did play Timon. And, and okay, um, okay. Oh my what's God. his face? The new Lion King. I just I just love him because he has a TV show called, uh, I think called Billy on the Street. And he just like screams very loudly at people shouting questions. <laughs> and I'm like, I can imagine him screaming very, very loudly at, uh, at Moses in anger and in like... <laughs> I like just shouting at him, asking like really outrageous questions, like, "Why'd you do this? Why'd you bring us here?" Da, 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 da. So him, him, and Kevin Hart will be a great complaining Israelites people. Okay. And for God, I, I just chose James Earl Jones because what an epic voice! <laughs> yes, yes. What an epic voice! <laughs> that was my casting. Okay. <laughs> that was great. That good, was great. Good, 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 good. All right. Uh, so mine. Let's start. Okay, so the voice of God. I'll start off with the voice of God. I chose Christopher Judge, who is the voice actor for Kratos in God of War. Okay, I see that. Right, that deep sort of mm. boy. Right, <laughs> so there's him. Um, Miriam, uh, kind of a smaller part, but maybe they have like flashbacks and whatever. Um, let's go with Cher. Because it's kind of a Cher? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna the song of we're, Mario. Yeah, we're gonna say, yeah, we're just gonna do Cher. She's a singer. She's an artist. Oh my God. So it was either her or Christine Baranski. She's from Mamma Mia, or The Good Wife, or The Good Fight, and stuff. Um, she's also into in Into the Woods as the stepmom. Uh, so there's Miriam, Aaron. I'm gonna go with the original. Uh, Aaron in Prince of Egypt. So that's Jeff Goldblum. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. Yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing. So we'll do, I love that. We'll do him. If it, if if they don't like that, then we'll go with John Goodman. You said you're going to turn water on. 
<laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Um, the chief Israelite complainers. I'm going to go with John Malkovich. Oh, okay, okay. And his son, Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, my gosh. I love oh, that. Oh, man. <laughs> Can't. Man. Yeah. That's so good. And then finally, Moses. I'm stuck between either Vigo Mortensen or Sean Penn. I thought of Vigo Mortensen. Yeah. yeah. Who's that? Um, Aragorn. Aragorn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I can definitely see that. <laughs> yeah. So, but Viggo Mortensen was the first the first one that I, that I thought of. So, yeah, that's mine. Love that. All right. So, for mine, so I had Miriam, her role of dying. Um, <laughs> just a dying shot. In her, like, her, her deathbed, it would be Susan Sarandon. Wow. Um, this is a very whitewashed movie uh, <laughs> this is not a cultural this is, it was released in the 1990s year of film um okay most okay voice of god would be benedict cumberbatch of mm. course Small. Okay. oh i love that oh yeah that's good that's um, good that's good so complainers i didn't really think of complainers but adrian brody oh yeah Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson? <laughs> From The Office, Dwight Shirt. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I was just watching bloopers from The Office all night the other night. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe those. Did you save up some from the Egyptians? False. That was not true. <laughs> you did not, Moses. You said, Moses, that it would be better for us. False. False. <laughs> it hasn't been. It, it hasn't been. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay, so Aaron would be Sir Ian McKellen. Okay. Okay. A little frailer than Moses, so he, okay. he can play like a really low-key yeah, yeah. Uh, guy. And a fiery guy. Oh. Moses, mm-hmm. Moses would be uh, Harrison Ford. Ooh. Oh, I like that. He's just like, like has that. good anger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of the episode. We think um, we've made sense of it all. <laughs> And we hope that you're blessed by our discussion. Uh, Certainly, there are different lessons to be learned in this story. Uh, You can, like, one of the lessons is you can feel frustrated, you can be angry, but um, don't go, don't react in a way where, um, yeah, you're going to make God look bad or yourself as a witness look bad. other story, other lessons. God is merciful, right? God is, you know, although God was holy and He required complete obedience and holiness towards, like, from the people that He calls to um, minister for Him mm. and lead His people, that He was still merciful towards um, Moses and Aaron mm. and even Miriam, who questioned Moses before this. And what other lessons? Um, 
even if you find yourself sort of being not punished, uh, being disciplined by God, mm. it may not be as bad as you think. It may not be as a raw deal as you think it is. Because maybe God has something that's a little better. He just doesn't ch choose to tell you about it at the at the moment mm -hmm. and sugarcoat and say it's okay. You get to go to you'll, you'll be in heaven anyways. Mm. Um, yeah. And you really don't want to be the one that brings them to the promised land. They <laughs> still got stuff that they got to deal through. <laughs> so mm -hmm. what God what God chooses as discipline, what you see as discipline, may also be a mercy. For you that is true watch your heart <laughs> watch your heart watch your heart watch your heart make sure make sure god is on his rightful throne of your heart and not yourself mm. there you go. so do you believe in life after love <laughs> All right. Um, thank you guys for joining us, and we hope that you're blessed by our discussion. And uh, we will see you again next week with our last episode of the year. So see you then. Well, folks, that's all we have for you this week. We hope that you were blessed by our discussion. Let us know what you think. Send us a shout out on our socials at the handle at The Prodigals Project on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you've been hearing, please like and subscribe. Also, leave a rating and a review. It'll go a long way in helping us out. Stay blessed and stay faithful. And join us again next week for another episode of The Prodigals Podcast.